This podcast is sponsored by Dan's Hunting Gear. Located here locally in the hills of Sugar Creek, Ohio, right off of Route 93. Dan's is our go-to for all hunting needs, anything from clothing, game calls, trapping equipment, even the newest technology for our dogs. If you're going off the beaten path, you have to get to Dan's and get some of their briarproof gear. All of Dan's products are handmade by 40 local Amish seamstresses. Every piece is produced entirely by the same person, which allows for top-notch and quality. We at Triple T are always decked out in Dan's briarproof hunting gear. It is a must-have for all upland, waterfowl, and big game hunting. Dan's gear is perfectly suited for even the worst conditions. Dan's hunting gear always holds true. So, stop into Dan's hunting gear at Sugar Creek or go to danshuntinggear.com to find a dealer near you. Tell them we sent you. Hey guys, welcome to Triple T Outdoors Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler. I'm Tyson. I'm Tucker. We had to hurry and get this started because we we're getting on something pretty <laughs> pretty good. And uh, we're just sitting here bantering and bantering. And uh, we should be recording all this stuff. So I just hit record and started the intro. What were you talking about? You're going you're gonna to start an app? I want to start an app that is, is only related to hunting stuff. So you can post everything hunting-related, so, fishing, everything outdoors. Heck, even hiking, I guess. And get all those... Uh, yeah, because... Because what the, like the, all the other social media today, TikTok, you're totally not allowed. It's totally shunned if you. Do. You have to put like fake bird or something like yeah, like advert or some or whatever you know. What about all the other social media? I've had so many account warnings on TikTok. Like yeah. they said, you're gonna ban me next time I I post a dead bird on there. But uh, yeah, Instagram, Twitter is is the wild west, dude. Yeah, you can see everything on Twitter. Elon, Elon freed everything. <laughs> Anything you could possibly imagine is on Twitter. Yeah, um, In- including things you don't want to imagine. Yeah. Um, well, I think it's why shouldn't it? Why should they be in charge of deciding? I don't know what's on there. I don't know. I think Instagram's cool. Facebook's cool. It's just just TikTok. One person cries animal cruelty, and next thing you know, your account's getting banned and yep. all that kind of stuff. I mean, Facebook is. It's just as bad. Instagram. Have you ever you ever seen Nature I've, is Metal on Instagram? Uh-uh. Dude, get on your Instagram and follow Nature is Metal. It's insane. There's just like everything you could possibly imagine. What are you doing? Getting up already? I gotta take my hoodie off. <laughs> but um if you get on it on Instagram, do it right now. Get on get Instagram. Well, let's just continue this. Con- well, we're talking about it. We're, anyway. we're supposed to recap. We're supposed whatever. to recap. Like, yeah, let's follow the form. Oh, we'll be James. an hour deep. Okay. We'll be an hour deep. And anyway, nature's metal on Instagram. Follow okay. it. You won't. You won't regret it. It's. I think you were sa- telling me it's about savage this. stuff, dude. I think you were telling me about this already. I seen sure. one the other day of a, a monkey on some dude's lat just bites the side of his head and just Jeez. rips skin off his head. It's pretty insane. It's on Instagram. So. Jeez. Well. And Tyson wants to recap. <laughs> Tyson, how's the last couple of days gone? We've just recorded what last? It's only been what, a week now, right? How's your week been? Been pretty good. Um, pretty good. Pretty good. Been guiding hunts every day, training dogs. I haven't got to go hunt myself. Oh, I did. We did go uh, on a walk around, which means it's like we, eight dogs. Yeah, we go down and and shoot the birds that the hunters missed. We took eight puppies with us. Um, that it's like a tornado of dogs going through the woods. It's, it's, <laughs> it's pretty hard to miss birds whenever you got eight dogs running around. Right, one of them's gonna tr- trip over one of it's. I mean, it's just you're not gonna pass it. Yeah, we ended up with three pheasants and five quail. Wow, yeah, it was pretty good. We had Roger. It was like in forty five minutes to an hour's worth of because yeah. we we're racing dark. It was Roger, me, Tyson, and my dad. Went down right was was Ryan yeah and Ryan oh and Ryan Peters yeah yeah I forgot about Ryan sorry Ryan what about you oh just that oh. walk around oh uh, we I went goose hunting had a pretty good day yeah pretty. I saw a picture it was a big old mountain of geese right yeah yeah we end up with uh, eleven geese and two gadwall I could save save some stories I guess for. <laughs> Yeah, we'll hit that on the waterfowl thing. Yeah. Um, my week has been kind of rocky. The weekend wasn't too bad. I get I go to work, truck breaks down. That's nice. Had to deal with all that stuff. But hop around trucks. This week's been kind of a tornado. But uh, we're staying after it. 
So I think uh, we're going to get after, we're going to try to redo what I messed up. <laughs> if you listened to the last episode, I, right at the beginning, I told you I messed up and I pressed the wrong button and I'd lost an entire recording of a podcast. We're going to try to recreate that because it was magic. And I think we're going to try to do magic again today. Um, so today's episode is going to be a lot of waterfowl. Um, a lot of uh, how, to, how to hunt waterfowl kind of the regulations because it's there's a laundry list of things regulations as far as waterfowl go because it is not only state regulated and region regulated it is federally regulated and in agreement through the entire north america so um where we want to start here what do you guys you 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 looked up some stuff right tice yeah um some factual information yeah so uh, how long, which we've went over this before, but how long do you, th- when I, I looked up how long people were using, uh, decoys and when I was Googling it, I'm like, probably, probably a hundred years, 200 years, maybe. My guess was 1920s. That's, that was my guess. Yeah, so I heard somewhere. And the other reason I said that whenever I, in the last time we recorded this was, I heard somebody talk about the native Americans using decoys and stuff like that. I can't remember where I heard it, but that's the only reason I said, like, no, the the you know, Native Americans used them. So that's the only reason I guessed. How long ago? Yeah, so I guess people have been using decoys for 2,000 years, and which is just mind-boggling to me. Um, what some did they the, use? The earliest ones I've seen was uh, they've used, like, reed grass that they weaved decoys hmm. into decoys and to bring them in close enough for bow range. Yeah, that's wild. Hunting ducks with bow. Well, they probably would wait till they landed on the water. Yeah. I mean, they sure wouldn't be shooting them out of the air. I'm just imagining Jesus and his disciples sitting <laughs> on the side of a riverbank <laughs> with a bunch of, like, woven basket uh, yeah. decoys <laughs> out there. Well, <laughs> on his call. Got, probably got a lander full of bands. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was, that's what was served the Last Supper. Some mallard. And <laughs> <laughs> oh. on uh, other stuff, I was looking up. Uh, did you know that ducks are on every single continent uh, except for Antarctica? Much I didn't know that they inhabit the ocean and deserts and you know every every continent of all, I didn't all trains. I did. I was looking up some. Uh, you say they're on the entire globe, basically. I was looking up like. What do ducks look like in Asia? What do ducks look like in Europe? And you wouldn't believe Completely. some of the ducks that you see in Asia. Completely different. Like they're just they look huh. wild. Yeah. No wonder that like if you look at like uh, the drawings and stuff from ancient China, these these guys were drawing like wicked dragons and with like f- like fins coming off of things. Look at a duck. Oh, what is this? Uh, Asian duck? They almost look like a wood duck. Like Mandarin, a Mandarin, duck. Mandarin duck. Yes, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> You got like weird fins coming off the back yeah, of it. They're, they're cool it's looking. Wild looking. They're really cool. Wild looking birds. I seen one uh, a post on Facebook. It was, where was it? It was like Arkansas or something like that. They they had, they seen one at a local park. There was a, a mandarin duck there and people were traveling like all over the United States just to see it. And they were taking pictures of it and everything else because they're not from here. I mean... People do. I mean, people have them. There was a mandarin duck in town at a pond. I mean, you could buy them. Yeah, but this was wild. Like it was. A- well, what makes a difference if somebody probably bought it and it flew off? I, I don't know, but they were they were making a big deal out of. Let it. him believe what he wants to believe. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying what I seen and what what I, what it was reporting back, and everybody was traveling from all over the United States to see it. So hmm. these these birds travel. Long distance in a short amount of time. That's true. Um, they can get lost pretty easy. Like some of the, I don't know if they're going to go like across the Pacific Ocean, but yeah, I don't know about that. But they were, they were. There's ducks that uh, migrate from Alaska to uh, Hawaii, and there's ducks that migrate from Alaska to uh, Baja, California, and they do it in 72 hours. It's like uh, 3,000 miles in 72 hours. That's incredible. Yeah, it's stuff I was looking up earlier. I know I've seen uh, there was something where a pigeon can fly. What it's like eight hundred miles in in eight hours or something like that. Like I, some crazy number. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we used to race pigeons, and yeah, that's what the, there would be five hundred <clears throat> mile races. 
We weren't good at it, but we no. we tried. Yeah, no, we, we I'm not going to tell anybody we were actually pigeon racers, <laughs> but we what, we, we tried. Get? We got seventh or second race. So I'll never forget that. Race. We're going out on our first hunt together, and we're hunting ducks. And I hop on the back of the four wheeler. I'm like, hey, "What's that for?" I'm like, that's where we keep our pigeons for racing. I'm like, You're <laughs> full of crap. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you guys were pulling my leg. You guys are serious. We were serious. Yeah, yeah. We, we I had like invested a lot of money. In, well, I wouldn't say tons. I mean, there was old, older uh, guys in the club that gave us a lot of things and gave us birds and helped us out. But we invested some money and a lot of time into it. I had like fifty pigeons, like that were some were breeders and then some were my racers. It was fun, but it, it, you definitely got to know what you're doing, and I, we was not good at it. All right, back to the waterfowl. Um, the reason they know they traveled all this way is because they're banded and they're uh, radio collared, correct? Yeah, yeah, that, and that, that's what we wanted to touch on. The people that don't know, <clears throat> when you're waterfowl hunting, uh, to shoot a banded duck is is like a trophy, and uh, everybody is, you know, that's the that's the number one thing that everybody wants when they're waterfowl hunting is is shoot that band, and they put it on their lanyard where their duck calls are. I was pretty fortunate enough to kill my first band last year. Um, killed it on a local lake here. It was there was a group of ducks that came in and they uh, landed out in the water and they swam into us, and uh, we jumped up and shot into them, and uh, we took one down and we took actually we took uh, like four four down, and one of them was luckily enough to be banded and we drew shells for it and I was fortunate enough to win it so explain to me what what is a banded duck banded duck is basically they band them uh in canada saskatchewan canada and then you kill them somewhere else and then you can report back to all right minor inconvenience there tucker almost bought a truck (laughs) it was an emergency we had to take the phone call um he didn't want it Looked like a cooler's light can. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, back to the bands. Uh, I was fortunate enough to kill my first one, and uh, the ba- the purpose of the bands was uh, they band them in Saskatchewan or whatever, and you kill them out out west or in Ohio somewhere, and then you can they have a number on it, and then you could type that number. You go to the website on the band, and you type that number into the website, and uh, it tells you where that bird was banded, how old it was, what obviously what kind of bird it is, and uh, you give them all that information where it was shot. You have, you drop a pin in its exact location where you shot it. Wow! And uh, <clears throat> then they send you a certificate in the mail saying your name on it, you harvested this bird, and everything else, and then you can keep it as a memento. That's pretty cool. I mean, because I mean, you can get a bird stuff, but it's not doesn't have all the like yeah, you don't know the whole entire history. Yeah, you just sit there and wonder where it's all been, and you know it's pretty cool to know is. too because you just think about the migration, and you're like, I wonder where this bird came from. How long? This, how old is this bird? Yeah, everybody wants the bird to be as old as possible and like banded thousands of miles away. Yeah, it, this mine was banded only five hours from me or something yeah. like that. <laughs> Speaking in like age and old as possible and stuff. How old do you think? Let me pull it up real quick. I was looking that up earlier. Okay, so how old do you think the oldest goose that was ever shot by a hunter? I'm gonna say like that. I mean, that was banded. No, it was known. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna say 22 years old. 27. Uh, Tyler's closer. 33 years and three 33 months. 33 years. That's a uh, that's an old bird. That's older than me. Can you imagine? Eating Did it have that two thing? feet? <laughs> can you imagine? I had both of his feet. Even can you imagine eating that thing? <laughs> it probably tastes, it like, tastes like shoe leather. Does. I'd rather cut a piece of tire off my <laughs> truck and eat it. I tell you. Uh, how about a canvas back? Canvas back? Uh, I would assume less. Yeah. I would assume like fifteen. I must say twelve. Yeah, that's what I would have guessed too. I don't think I didn't think ducks lived quite nearly as long as twenty nine years old. No, way. what? And uh, let's go. I'm not gonna go down the whole list, but let's do mallard next. Oh, mallards get shot every day. Fourteen. Seventeen. 
26 years and four months. You suck, Tyler. I was close. Isn't that insane? I would have never guessed that. (laughs) I don't even think if you look up the the lifespan of a duck, it even says that long. Yeah, that's crazy. That'd be a good Google. Lifespan of a mallard duck. Of a... Because don't horses live like 30 years or something like that? Horse, horses live pretty, be pretty. Yeah, see? Lifespan of mallard duck, five to ten years. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just proved that wrong, huh? <laughs> That's insane. I would never think that, you know? You was fortunate enough to kill your first band on my pawn. Yeah, I was. And it was, uh, I, I assumed it was a super old old goose because when we picked up the band, there was no numbers on it. It was completely worn off. Completely worn off. And we thought, well, I guess we'll never know. And uh, I think it was you yep. said that, yeah, I heard that here's a process you can do to get the numbers back. And I thought, it's gone. <laughs> it's smooth all the way around it. So we pulled up some YouTube videos, and there's this acid you can buy at a hardware store. You drop it in, and uh, in the metal, because the numbers are stamped and not etched, the metal is denser where the numbers were. And if you put it in this acid, it'll bring those numbers back. And I figured this was like a, you know, like one of those TikTok videos, you, you know, factor cap kind of crap. So we went and got that acid and dumped it, dumped it in, and it starts bubbling. Blah, 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 blah. And uh, sure enough, the numbers just appear like magic. It actually worked, and uh, I was able to call in and get my uh, certificate. And the bird was eleven years old, right? I believe so, which doesn't seem very old now. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> no, we looked at the old. It, the band was literally like I. Whenever he shot it, I rode a fuller over to get it, and because uh, it was into my field, and I literally took the band off with my hands because the band was so weak. Wow. And I, uh, is I mean I I don't know, but I've heard you talk about it, that other guys say that the salt if they ever go into salt water. That the salt water eats it? Is that Yeah, it? that's what they say. It has more of an effect on it. Why? Well, I, I would totally believe that. Is that something that Canadian geese ever go to the salt water? I don't know. I wouldn't no. doubt it. I mean, they they probably stop somewhere along the way. I'm sure they've touched salt water, I would say. I don't know. Hmm. I know they're all over Connecticut. Every field <laughs> I look in, there's 4,000 geese just honking at me. Like, you can't get me, honk, honk. <laughs> Um. So uh, I got one story. Yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> I got my my dream story to tell. You want to tell your dream story first? Let me tell this. I don't care. What do you want me to tell in what order? All right, I'll tell my story. So everything was whenever we we went. It was shooting some birds, obviously <laughs> about birds. Um. Whenever we wanted to go duck hunting, everything was froze up. It was cold. And uh, when everything's froze up, there's only one place to go, and which is would be on the river. Running water. Running water. Birds got to have water. So they all go to the, all go to the river. And uh, it was pretty cold. It was single digits that morning. We started, we started at uh, butt crack of dawn. We started floating. We started. Decided to float from Janaton to Newcomberstown, which is a pretty long float, about a five-hour float. Ten-minute drive. Ten-minute drive, five-hour <laughs> float. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so everything was cool. I mean, everything was – I didn't think it, it was going to be dangerous. I thought we were just going to float and kill some ducks. And there was ice chunks, uh, slush floating in the river. Didn't think anything. A little foreshadowing. Huh? Didn't even think anything no. of it. <laughs> So we cruise along, and about 10 minutes into the float, we kill three mallards. We're like, this is going to be good, because it was a little bit a little bit foggy. The water was warm, and it was steaming, and you could get really close to the birds, and you could, you could get pretty close to them to shoot them. Kill three right off the bat. We ended up floating. It's about a five-hour float. We ended up floating three hours, four hours, and uh, we have a bunch of birds. A bunch of birds. So <laughs> we were floating. Should I tell about the deer? Yeah, I was saying. Yeah. It kind of ties it's, in with the game. It, you're right. It t- ties in. Um, so we're floating along. We're probably about three three hours into the journey. And we're floating along, and there's these two mallards in front of this house. 
We jump them up, shoot them, and they float down river. And as we're floating, we're going to retrieve them. A deer swims across the, <laughs> swims across the river in front of us. And it was you could tell it was kind of sickly. It wasn't doing very good. And it tried to get up on the bank on the other side. Well, there was about 10, 10 yards out, there was an ice shelf. And it couldn't climb up on the ice shelf. So it was just stuck. It was just trying to get up, trying to get up. It just couldn't do it. So we cruised right on by it. And uh, once we got past it, it swam back to where it come from. We kept right on floating, didn't think anything of it. So we get, we get a little bit further. We pull up on the ice shelf, and we decide to break for lunch. So we had salami sandwiches and chips and everything else. We're just sitting there, and uh, all of a sudden, a game warden pulls up. It's, it's never good to see a game warden, but... No, green was, pants coming to the woods. Yeah. You go the other way. It's never good, but uh, we had a good exchange. It was Mike, Michael Budd. He was, he was friendly. He was a nice guy. Checked all of our birds, checked all of our licenses, plugs, made sure we have everything in order. And we're sitting there, and he kind of just just looking at us. We're like... He, you could tell he just wants something else. We're like, just sitting there, and he goes, "All right, who shot the deer?" I'm like, "Well, we didn't shoot no deer, but we seen a deer back there. It needed shot because it was it was sick and and wounded. It needed shot, but we didn't shoot it." Or a Walmart bag. Over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we didn't we didn't grab no Walmart bag, so we didn't use that. So, uh, um, and I said, "It's it's back here by that house." I mean, you, check. you said that you'd have everything on, on camera until you had a lit yeah. <clears throat> I had hat a cam. Hat cam on. I recorded it swimming across and everything else. And I said, I have it on here. And he said, Well, can you pull that off? Can you get that off there? And I said, No, not without Wi Fi. So I said, It's back there by that house. I swam back across. Go you can go look at it. So he said, Okay. I said, He said, Where are you guys floating to? I said, Newcomer's Town. We're, we're going to pull out there. So. We keep floating to Newcomer's Town, and we get just before the boat ramp. There's, it's probably 100, 150 yards from the boat ramp. This, this slush that just dammed up in the middle of the middle of the river, and about ten yards out from the right and ten yards out from the left, solid ice, and then right in the middle, there's a railroad trestle bridge with logs on the railroad trestle bridge. And the slush just kept collecting and collecting and collecting on it. And we're like, we ease up into it, and it's just slush. We're thinking, all right, we could probably motor through this. So we back back out of it. I'm like, well, should I give her the beans? <laughs> They're like, yeah, give her the beans. So I just lodge ourselves right up on this slush. We're just completely out of the water. <laughs> Big old beach whale. Big old beach whale, yes. We just, we're sitting there. And just as we're sitting there, I look over. Here comes the two game wardens walking down the hill. They I, multiplied. They multiplied. Yes, that's never good. Either, no. Too. Do you think somebody's two really sets really of in green pants now. walking through the woods? <laughs> yeah. Better run. Yeah. No more walking. Run. <laughs> so, so uh, um, he looked over, and I I said, "Well, we're in a little bit of a pickle, Dick." <laughs> he said, "Yeah, I see that." <laughs> so. Was it was it hard to be, to hear each other? I mean, because this this where you were stuck, I seen it was it was pretty wide, and then there was a strong current. Uh, you know, because you was you have to like scream at each we other were, to we hear were, each other. We were yelling at each other, yep, to be able to hear each other because it was the water was slush and ice was all making noise and everything yeah, else. It was and, a raging river, basically. Yeah. It's a dangerous situation. Just if you don't. Yeah, I mean, the way you're telling the story, you may not be able to picture it. it I mean, this is kind of dangerous. You fall in, you get sucked underneath there. Yeah, you're, you're done. Yeah, they. Uh, we thought it was just thin slush. Here, it was five foot deep slush. Like you could not touch the bottom, and you could not motor out of it. Wow. And you couldn't row because it was all slush. You couldn't row out of it, and you couldn't get to the to the bank because it was all slush. So, um. We're sitting there a little bit longer, and they're trying to think. And all of a sudden, here comes fire trucks. No, what about one, the guy with the jeep? Uh, oh, okay, I'm getting there. Fire trucks, fire I trucks. He came, I thought he did it. Came first. He did come like pretty much the same time. Okay, okay. Um, 
one fire truck came, and then the, then that dude, the, the big old jacked up Jeep. Yeah, he looked at his front window, put his <laughs> pants on, came outside. You gonna need some help? <laughs> Jeep guys love their Jeep, and, and they love the and denim coveralls. Love to use it too. Yes. Like, they can use that wench on the front or whatever. They're a whole. They're excited. Well, he was our savior, so he did help us. And he pulled his big old jacked up Jeep down in there, and they put a life jacket on the end of that wench. They put a wench on the end of that life jacket, and they threw it out into the river. And the, it floated close enough to us that I threw my anchor out and hooked onto it. And we tied that or hooked that wench right onto the front of my boat. And in that, by that time, they had three, four, five fire trucks there, ambulances, and, <laughs> and Fox Eight News, tow trucks, <laughs> and there's people taking pictures. I mean, oh we, God! Up on the road, you can see, and there's just a line of cars, about seven cars up there taking pictures and everything else. Hey, look at these idiots! Or, oh yeah, <laughs> they're unfolding those little silver uh, things they wrap around people. Yeah, right? they're getting them ready. <laughs> <laughs> they told they did tell mom Those that silver blankets. They said if they if they go in, there's nothing we can do. It's it's gonna be a body bottle body recovery after that. They said there's nothing. <laughs> That's really reassuring. Yeah. yeah. God. So to, to tell your parents <laughs> what the heck. So uh they started wenching us and it looked like it was going good. They started scooting the boat sideways. And as it was scooting sideways, the fire department's like, time out, time out, just pause. They were worried that we were going to capsize and flip over and take on water. I was not feeling that way at all. I felt like it was going pretty good. They just, but whatever. I mean, it was, it is what it is. But they decided to go around to the other side. So it, we're hooked onto that wench. Uh, they actually uh, tied the wench off to a tree. And... Uh, they went to the other side, and as they were went, were going to the other side, there was like three people there, and uh, just as they were headed around, nobody was there. The boat, the water kept washing the slush away and washing the slush away, and it flipped our boat around, and it made the the rope tight, and it started sucking our front end under, and I, we're we were really freaking out then. We, so we decided to cut the rope. I uh, dropped the motor and motored right on out of there. And uh, we parked over over by uh, the the guy with the big old jacked up Jeep's property, and we unloaded all of our birds. We ended up having thirty four birds. It was how many guys? Four guys. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a, that's a ton of birds. For it's four a ton guys. of birds. Yeah, that was a pretty good day hunting. Yeah, the game warden said, "Well, did you learn your lesson?" <clears throat> I said, yep, I learned a lesson, but I, would I change a thing? Nope, not a thing. I wouldn't change a thing. <laughs> and uh, we had a sweet group picture. They were all lined up on the tailgate, and we had two game wardens in there and everything else, and it was a good picture. We had Riker, Spencer, uh, Ethan Huff, and me. Uh, we just uh, lost Ethan Huff into an a-, a car or a side-by-side accident. He was a pretty good kid, so... Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's always tragic. Um, I'll tell you what, though. Without that happening, it would just been another good day of duck hunting. Yeah. Now yeah, you have I mean, a story of a lifetime. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And you're on the because front page we'll of Times that Reporter. No. <laughs> What's that? So you're probably on the front page of Times Reporter. Oh, we made the paper. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yep. <laughs> Local news. Yep, we totally made the paper. And I don't think you were the only person they rescued that that day there was another person in strasburg that they that they rescued on the river too same yeah same scenario <laughs> wow. so we weren't the only idiots out there. <laughs> what we, did, uh, we did pass a few more groups that were just set up along the river and they only had like one or two birds now there was no like warning signs that this was it just all of a sudden was there it just all of a sudden was there yeah this wow. slush was flowing i mean they had the choice whether that they could have stopped yeah i mean it's not like i get a motor back to their truck but they could do something they could stop we and just, just wait but it looked like slush it looked like no big deal we'll just motor through the slush yeah we just thought we could just go through it and get to our trucks yeah we we know now <laughs> don't risk it <laughs> 
All right, dream boy. All right. <laughs> dream. I have this great idea. He said he had a dream. Yes, yeah, what uh, Monday was Martin Luther King Day. So you have a dream, <laughs> you had a dream. No, I have this great idea that came to me in a dream. And uh at Bullseye we do these we do these duck hunts and we have dogs that swim out in the water and and uh retrieve ducks for us. And when the pond gets a thin layer of ice on it. We can't send the dogs out, and and we can't really get the boat out there. So we, we're the, it's really difficult to get the ducks. So I've been th- I was thinking about this problem. What's the best way? And I was thinking, uh, you know, dogs aren't really the dogs really aren't designed to be in the water. They're not a water animal. They don't live in the water. They live on land. And so in a dream, I, I <laughs> come to me in a dream that we were doing duck hunts at Bullseye, and I had a dolphin that swam out and would retrieve the dolphin. I know it sounds goofy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that sounds goofy already. It was a dolphin that was swimming out and retrieving the ducks for me. But because it was a dream, halfway through the dream, it, it uh, transformed into an otter. <laughs> How many drugs you do? Before you <laughs> I have vivid dreams like this, like often he's high on life man he's high on life that's for sure so i woke up and i can i was still can remember this dream and i thought an otter that makes sense i mean it's a water animal why wouldn't you know that just makes total sense to me so instead of just being like a normal person and forgetting all about it (laughs) i I sat down and i started doing research on honor (laughs) I'm like, well, first of all, I want to see if this was possible. I, I thought this was a brilliant idea. So this is this possible? Is are, are otter trainable? Um, you know, can you get an otter? Um, all this stuff. So it turns out the otter are <laughs> turns out <laughs> highly sociable animals and very trainable, very intelligent, sociable animals. Very trainable. And uh, is it legal to own one? It is. Is there's but there's not legal to uh, own a river otter, but you can buy an Asian otter as a pet. They're very expensive, three thousand plus dollars. Um, but it is possible. And I also come across some articles where this it showed some black and white pictures of some guy that he he would uh, he had raised the river river otters and he had trained them to retrieve ducks for him. And he said that they have a good nose and everything. Like, he used them to pheasant hunt. I mean, he had stories where he used them to pheasant hunt, and he said they had a better nose than some of his dogs. Um, that's so, wild. Yeah, I was just about to say, that's that's bizarre. Yeah. It is. And, and so, someday, someday, if I get enough, you know, some money and some time, I'm, I'm going to give me an order. I'm going to train it to retrieve some ducks. If we want to start a GoFundMe or something to get me an otter, it could be like uh, the Triple T uh, podcast mascot, maybe. Oh, man. Hey, get me an otter. The Barnum Bailey Circus out here. (laughs) You get me an otter, I'm going to make it happen. I'm telling you. We got a ringmaster over here. (laughs) I. I don't know. What would you call an otter? Like, what would you name it? What would you name it? Oh, yeah. I already come up with a name for it, too. Oh, you got a oh, name, too? Right. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, Fritter. Fritter the Critter. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, that's just going to be its name. And, <laughs> you know, and, and you think about it. Otters are perfect. It's a water animal. I've heard people talk about, well, if there's ice, so I'm not going to send my dog out there. There's a strong current. I'm not going to send my dog out there. You, you have an otter. <laughs> strong current. Send an otter. It, it's not going to. You're not going to drown an otter. It's going to be just fine. Like under any condition, that's what it's designed for. Makes sense. Making using the right tool for the for the job. <laughs> using a hammer to pound in a nail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like with the dog, it's like pounding a nail with a end of a screwdriver or something. It doesn't make any sense. It gets the job done though. You can get it done, but it just doesn't make any sense. I don't know anybody that uses an otter. Let's be honest. I don't know anybody. Either. I don't know anybody <laughs> who has an otter. You get me an otter, I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make it happen. Oh lord. Um, speaking of otters and and dogs, um, I wonder how long they've been using dogs to retrieve birds on on the water and stuff like that. You specifically the water or? They're just. In, I mean, we've been using 
dogs for forever, right? That's like part of our DNA almost. Yeah, I mean, since they were wolves, we started, yeah. you know, so forever, basically. So dogs are pretty much necessary. Yeah, very nece- very necessary tool. We use you, them every day at Bullseye, I know that. Yeah, and by tool, don't get all offended. Yeah. It they're, they're, doesn't mean they're less important to us, but they, yeah. they're that's what we use them as, as, as tools to get our jobs done. Wouldn't be able to do it without them. And people, that's what they have always been doing. So back to the actual waterfowl hunting. Um, say I'm a brand new guy, which I was at one point. Um, what's the first thing I need to know about duck hunting? You definitely need to know your kinds of ducks. You need to know the limits, where you can hunt, where you can't hunt. You gotta shoot a steel shot. Steel things. shot. Four things. How many time? How many things did you want to know? I, uh, just tell me as many things as I need to know. You, <laughs> you, you have to know this stuff. You can't you just have a regular hunting license. Go out there and start shooting ducks. That's a, you have to have a stamp. Which I got a funny story about that. Uh, when I first started hanging out with you, and we <laughs> we decided we were going to go duck hunting, you said you got to go to the post office and get a stamp for for duck hunting. You're full of it. I didn't believe you. <laughs> it sounds bizarre, you had to yeah. go to the post office, buy the stamp, and bring it to me before I actually believed that you had to have a, a stamp from the post office. Yeah, you have to have your federal stamp, your state stamp, and your hunting license. I didn't know that. It's eighty dollars before you even pull the trigger. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's not including the money you got to pay for the, the gun the shells, and yeah. you can't hunt without call and or decoys. Decoys. I mean, I would go on a limb there, and I would say that. Waterfowl hunting is probably one of the most expensive things to get into. I would, I would say so too, and it's almost it's probably one of the hardest things to get into if you don't know anybody. Once if you're just brand new to waterfowl hunting and you're like, you know what, I'm gonna take up duck and goose hunting. It's pretty well almost impossible unless you know someone that takes you along and kind of shows you the ropes. I, I think. Yeah, definitely. Ethan Ethan was saying he worked with a guy that said. I think I'm going to take up duck hunting. <laughs> Ethan looked at it and said, duck hunting isn't something you just take up. <laughs> it isn't It isn't just like a yeah, it's side hobby. It's a, it's, you definitely got to put in the work to find the birds, to have the decoys, to have the boat, to have the, the calls. You got to know how to do a lot of stuff. And it's it was, like, um, I was, you, we couldn't go duck hunting or we couldn't go hunt on Monday. And my dad was like, well, why didn't you go hunt on Monday? I'm like, well, I couldn't. He's like, you can just go hunt. I'm like, I don't have a dog. <laughs> I don't have a boat. I don't. Have, I have one decoy. Um, I have a gun and I have shells. I don't want you to have a blind or anything. I only have a chair to sit on. In the I need Tucker. Yeah, pretty. Hey, you got to know somebody. I told you this the other day. If if you don't know anybody, you're not duck hunting. Yeah. No, there's no sure. way. Um, it is a. It is nice to have. Even though I have all that stuff, it's nice to have other people to go with because there's a lot of work that includes all that. You get all that stuff, and then you got to put all that stuff out. You got to set all that stuff up. And yeah, it's I nice mean, having a when nice I was set of last Dan's waiters. Dan's hunting, I know when I last yeah. when I last uh, goose hunted and duck hunted, I did all the work basically. Yeah, right. Yeah, stood out in the middle. <laughs> decoy in your head. You watched me throw all the decoys out while you stood out in the middle with a shell on a goose shell on your head. I wonder if you stood out there and you just honked like you had a call and you, would they would they come down? You'd have to get pretty low to the water, but I wouldn't see why not. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> like a Navy SEAL. <laughs> Start Blasting. wasting geese. <laughs> and be awesome. the water in their chest. Yeah. I couldn't do that because I was getting uh, pretty cold. <laughs> my legs were getting, maybe, sucking the heat out of my legs. Maybe early season you could. <laughs> like whenever tea on early goose starts, when the water's warm. Yeah. You don't even need any any waders or, or anything. anything. Just it's warm enough. Just need a snorkel and some goggles. <laughs> 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 Tyson, aka Jocko, <laughs> the water. Um, so to touch back, to go back to hunting part of it, I've only done this twice, and there's so many obstacles that I've ran into trying to do this. Number one, calling. I mean, you see, you know, Duck Dynasty. They make a living out of duck calls, and duck calls are everywhere. You just seem like it's pretty easy to do. I'm here to tell you, boys, it's not. It is not easy to do. I sound like a wounded duck out there. I don't. I don't know what I'm doing. 
What? Uh, give me some advice for calling in ducks. I'm no pro by any means, but you're better than I am. I do good enough to get a duck to maybe look at us. Uh, I really don't. I really don't have any. Just practice. Lots yeah. of practice. Is there like Blow times when you should call and times when you shouldn't call? Oh, for sure. I mean, if they're if they're working, yeah, they're not even giving you a look. I mean, you could call, but if they're not even gonna give you a look, I mean, you just you wasting just, your breath. You're wasting your breath. Yeah. But if they're cupped up coming in at you and you're you know they're coming in, you could pretty much quit calling then. You're, okay. You're, you're hurting yourself by then, but yeah, you start making goofy sounds, then you yeah. might change their mind. Like, yeah. wait a second. <laughs> but yeah, geese. I I I feel like you can talk to them a little bit more. You can call at them. A little they bit. seem pretty vocal. Yeah. Yeah. They seem pretty vocal when they're flying. Yeah. When they're sitting, they don't seem like they're saying much. There's nothing else. There's just do. a. Just a one honk is almost what it sounds like. Where if they're flying, it's like a two-toned honk. It's like honk, honk. Yeah. Where they're sitting, there, it's just a it's just a quick honk. There's nothing else like a suicide single goose just dive bombing into your decoy. Yeah, with one foot, you just <laughs> blow into smithereens. <laughs> I'll never live that one down. Crippled goose. <laughs> um, is it possible to hunt without um? calling i would say i mean i wouldn't say it's impossible i mean you have some mojos and some motion on the water it'd definitely help you but i would say it's doable but it definitely increases whenever you're able to call now yeah, speaking of mojos who you know let's get into the decoys i was just a about bit. to say you yeah. said the key word there motion and decoys yeah what does that mean and why is that important so Whenever the ducks up there, uh, they're looking for motion on the water. And if you're, if it's like glass, like the water's like glass, and there's no motion, that's not normal. The ducks, if they're on the water, they're flapping, they're cleaning their feathers, they're dabbling, they're dabbling for uh, for minerals and stuff, and they're they're gonna make motion, and you want it to look real as possible. So you'll have a, I just got a a, a butt squirter for. For Christmas, that thing's cool. The things, the thing is awesome. I'm gonna definitely get some more of them. But I, I've not seen it. Does it look like a duck dabbling with some water squirting out of it? So or what? it has a little pump on the bottom, and it has a hose that comes up basically over it. So whenever it squirts, it makes the back heavier, and it squirts water, and then it rocks that whole entire mojo, hmm. and it it makes ripples in the water, and that water uh, squirting makes makes a lot of motion too. And it's, um, they have also ripplers that just just wobble back and forth and make ripples in the water. Yeah. Also, and then the mojos, like the the traditional ro- mojos, they flat looks like, appears that their wings are flapping, like they're landing into your spread. So that's kind of where you said something to me when we first got into it. Um, the the spinning mojo is almost a you can't almost you almost can't hunt without it. It's a necessity, yeah, it's, for sure. Yeah. It definitely helps your hunt. And that simulates uh, ducks landing into the water, taking off, right? Yep, ducks landing in your in the in your spread. Um, guys also get pretty uh, pretty into the different uh, like the way they position their decoys. They have yeah. different spreads and for different reasons, and they and they have they check the wind and they set them up according to the wind. Wind is huge, huge in in waterfowl. If the best thing for you, if you're set up along a pond, lands on your back and the water's out in front, you definitely want that wind at your back because they'll just be cupped up using that coming wind. Coming into the wind as it landed. Coming into that wind and landed in your spread. <laughs> a quick story on uh, <laughs> the formation of uh, the decoys. <clears throat> at Bullseye, we have decoys in the water in front of the blind. It's more of a a show, but they, they just leave them out there 24-7. And, uh, you know, after months of being out there, they get blown around and tangled up and stuff. And all the decoys were almost all tangled up, bunched up together. And, uh, I was walking by the pond to do a pheasant hunt with a group of hunters. And, and they were, it was probably some guys that duck hunted a lot. And there was a kid in the group and the kid like looked over at the decoys and he said, I never seen that formation, dad, decoy formation. What, what formation is that? And the dad like was walking and he stopped and looked and goes, 
Feeding frenzy. <laughs> I, I turned and looked at the kid. I was like, yeah, it's a feeding frenzy. Idiot. <laughs> 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 oh, man. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> um, You said something again. You, you keep saying keywords, and it always leads me to the next next topic. Um, hunting in the wind. What what about weather? I mean, I hear a lot about cold fronts. Cold you want to be fronts. in front of a cold front. You want that cold front to be coming through like early morning. And you're cold fronts best. I mean, if you get a cold front coming in, they'll push new birds, push new birds to you. So ducks will be out in front of that cold front come coming our way you get new birds and you can hunt different birds and they're easier to kill them sometimes i know uh ducks are pretty smart yeah. um they're pretty smart and they have almost perfect eyesight way better than we can even fathom you gotta hold still whenever whenever <laughs> i got one story in particular that i can think of about holding still so uh this was last year and i just wanted to do a quick early early morning hunt I asked dad, I had nobody else to go with me. It was during the week. I asked dad to go with me and he said, yeah, yeah he'll go with me. And so, uh, I didn't even take my boat or nothing. It was cold, cold, cold. So I didn't want to rip out across the lake on my boat and get even, get even more cold. So we just set up along the road, uh, at Tappan and, uh, uh, I threw my spread out, put the mojo right where I wanted them to go and everything else. And, two minutes into shooting light two ducks were in our in our decoys right now and i mean i said are you ready dad are you ready he, he didn't have his gun ready he's like <laughs> what are you talking about so i jumped up boom shot one and uh just as it went above the the tree line because it was it was outlined it was pretty dark yet he busted that one so we killed we ended up killing two mallards and we were sitting there and there was about four or five of them working, working our spread and they were, they were coming in and <laughs> they were coming in perfect. And just as they were coming in, dad lunged forward to grab his gun <laughs> and they flared off. Like they just were gone right, right now. And I'm like, dad, you, you got to hold still. These ain't bullseye ducks. You got to hold still. What are you doing? <laughs> so you got me yelling at my dad out there, duck hunting. <laughs> And man, it would have been awesome to have a couple more ducks to add to that pile. But yeah, when you're sitting in that blind, or you know, we were all, all you do is you don't move a muscle and you roll your eyes only. Yeah, that's the only thing you're allowed to move. And if you're in a blind, typically there's one person calling, and all the three the three guys or two guys or how many ever guys you got with you, they're looking down. They're not even looking at the birds. Because you don't want them to flare or move or flare flare the birds, and then they're all gone, and nope, we don't get won't get any. So it's up to the guy that's calling to call the birds, and then to call your shot. So you'll say kill them, and everybody jumps up and starts shooting. So that's very important with waterfowl; they have very good eyesight. Let me ask you this, Tucker: since you you duck hunt more, you do waterfowl more than any of us. Um, why do you like waterfowl hunting so much? It's just, I don't know, just the buildup, I, I guess. It's just the whole, everything to get to that moment. And then it happens, and then it's just, it's magical. I just, I mean, that sounds a little goofy. No, it doesn't sound goofy. I think it, I think it's one of those things where you've, you've put in the work, you've put in the hours, and now you, you're, you're free, and you're in this right where you want to be. And most likely, you're with your buds. Yep. And that's that's what that's what makes it more intriguing to me is I'm with somebody. I don't like being I'm I'm alone enough driving a sim all the time. I don't want to be alone in the woods. Yeah. You know, I want to sit there next to my buddies and, and you know, talk shop and, and bust each other's asses, you know? Yeah, it's uh I've I've done a lot of first this year with some with some people like watch I've watched a lot of first birds die this year and that's You've seen a lot of my firsts. Yeah. Yeah, first coop, first goose. You, you pop my cherry and a lot of things. <laughs> Ryan Peters, I watched him kill his first duck and first goose, and that's that's what it's about. I mean, to to get people into it and get new people into it, and when it all comes together, it's awesome. Yeah. What about you? What? Uh, he don't even hunt. 
I mean, <laughs> I gotta ask him because he's sitting here. Why? why I don't want to make him. Why do I waterfowl hunt or what? He doesn't. <laughs> I I am not a big. I mean, I go with Tucker and other people, but I don't have any of the equipment myself. Yeah, I'm kind of like you in that way. Um, I I just enjoy, I enjoy getting out there with every, you know everybody and. Oh, it's always a good time. It's it. What makes it fun is just ragging on each other. Just yeah. like if you miss, you just rag on each other. <laughs> That's what makes it so fun. The yeah. worst part about it is, I mean, this is what January nineteenth or something like that. January eighteenth or something like 18th, that. It's, yep. it's almost over. Yeah, it's over most of the country. Yeah, like Missouri, it's over. Yeah, it's not it's over last it's week. Not a super long season. It's Sixty, 60 days, days. days. Compare it to other. Yeah, seasons. And then not. geese are what till February eighteenth or something like that. February thirteenth. Thirteenth. So it, duck goes out the the. We're what or Ohio South Zone, right? Yeah. yeah. So where it goes out the 29th and then uh, goose continues for a couple more weeks to the thirteenth. So we we don't have a whole awful. That's kind of depressing, man. <laughs> yeah. What's uh What's next after? Turkey. I mean, turkey. After goose and all them, you start getting ready for turkey. Get all your calls out and your camo. And yeah, I've been slowly acquiring things for turkey hunting this spring. Gets me excited just thinking I can't about wait. it. I can't wait to go fishing again, dude. I've, I That's all I want to do right now. I just yeah. want to go fishing. Come fish my pond. I will. And the kids want to go fishing too. So I'm <laughs> like, I will take you to Tucker's Pond. Every, I told her I was going to go. Uh, my middle kid, she's like fascinated with you for some reason she she says she calls you your nickname which i won't say on here say it which is hilarious but i told her i was coming here to do a podcast with you and tyson she's like uh can we go fish in tucker's pond i'm like you've never even seen tucker's pond you only know it because i told you it was there but yeah that's fun because it's it's catching and not fishing there it's you catch a lot can't wait put a little worm and bobber on there Yep. Well, I guess uh, that's been our waterfowl episode, huh? Yep, kind of winded down. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to uh, Mark and Charlie. They they uh, they hunted at Bullseye just this last weekend, and he was talking to me and Tucker about multiple different episodes. And you know, we appreciate them. It's you cool know, that you guys listen to it. It's I'm cool that we list. Yeah, you guys you, listen, and glad you enjoy it. We appreciate the support. Well, hey guys, as always, uh, be a friend, tell a friend about us, please get us, get our uh, our name out there. Um, as always, you can find us on Facebook at uh, Triple T Outdoors Podcast on Facebook. Uh, Instagram is live. Um, that is uh, Triple T Outdoors on Instagram. And uh, once again, our email, outdoorsttt at gmail.com. Uh, shoot us some emails, get a conversation started, we'll give you a shout out here. Send us some pictures if you're waterfowl hunting out there. Yes, please. Please. We got a, uh, we had some guy reach out. I can't remember his name. I think it's Pete. I think his name is Pete. Um, said he listens to the podcast. Um, he's telling us about his first hunting dog. Um, we're going to be doing an episode here soon on hunting dogs because I just got my very first one and I'm a fish out of water. So I think hunting dog is going to come up here soon. And Pete, we will tell your story on that episode. But hey, guys, I really appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate you guys reaching out. And like I said, be a friend, tell a friend. Thanks.